this podcast is proudly supported by CareerFacts. The team at CareerFacts is just as passionate about connecting people with the right course as you are. As Australia's number one careers and course search site, CareerFacts attracts over 12 million visitors a year and have partnered with over 50 leading providers. Want to increase your student enrolments? Head to careerfacts.com.au, your partner in student acquisition. From Claire Field and Associates, I'm Claire, and I'm pleased that you could join me for this episode of What Now, What Next? Insights into Australia's tertiary education sector. This was going to be a discussion about ASQA's new educative role, uh, what providers should expect and how ASQA might transition to that new approach without it costing a fortune, given that they're also moving to a full cost recovery model at the same time. I figured you never know, one or two decision makers might be podcast listeners and it doesn't hurt to share some ideas. Now, uh, unfortunately, we had a couple of technical glitches getting the podcast guests hooked up for that interview, uh, so I've had to park that discussion until next week. So, instead, you've got me with a quick update on where we're at with VET reform, particularly given last week's announcement of a review of ASQA, and I want to ask, is it really a review? And the Victorian government's VET review, which really is a review, Um, And in in addition to unpacking uh, the details around what Victoria is doing and the ASQA review, um, I thought it would also be useful to do a quick update on where things are at with implementing the recommendations of the Joyce review, how they're going, what's exactly happening. So let's start there with uh, Joyce. You'll recall that uh, in this year's pre-election budget, which when I say that seems like a lifetime ago but it wasn't only a few months ago Uh, so the government committed additional funding for some key things uh, recommended by Joyce a national skills commission a national careers institute and two pilot skills organizations so uh, let's start with them the skills organizations Uh, I'm going to uh, assume that if you're Uh, listening to this that you've understood the difference between the current SSO model and what Joyce is uh, proposing as the new SO model. Uh, If you aren't across the differences and they are significant and important then I would urge you to have a listen. There's one of the early podcast episodes focuses on the, the Joyce review and we unpack that in a bit of detail. Anyway, so we started off with two pilots of these new SOs or skills organisations, one for human services care uh, and the other for digital technologies, including cyber security. Now, it was interesting, but perhaps not all that surprising, given that they are pilots and the government wanted to hit the ground running that they invited the relevant SSOs for those two different areas uh, to run the respective pilots. So that's Skills IQ and PwC Skills for Australia. Now, it did raise some questions because Joyce's recommendations were that the skills organisations should be proposed and run uh, by the employers and 
industry bodies and unions and others involved in those um, uh, in the, in those industries, um, and obviously that wasn't the the model for the the pilots. Uh, even though obviously um, PwC and Skills IQ are doing very well with their skills service organisations, but there might be you would imagine uh, beyond a pilot phase, um, other key players in the human services uh, and digital technology sectors who might want to put their hand up to run or be involved with those respective SOs. So anyway. We've got two of them, and at the moment they're starting off with the skills service organisations to get them up and pilot them. And then on Friday, there was an announcement of a new pilot skills organisation. And this one is a bit more like the, the model that Joyce proposed. It's in the resources sector, and it'll be led by the Minerals Council. And it'll be interesting to see, I guess, how many other pilots of new skills organisations are announced and in which industry. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, in terms of the other initiatives, I don't have any news on uh, the National Careers Institute, but we do have an interim national skills commissioner. Adam Boyton is the former managing director of Deutsche Bank in Australia. He's a former chief economist at the Business Council of Australia and a member I assume he's probably stepping down, uh, of the New South Wales Skills Board. I don't know him personally, uh, but people who do tell me they think he's a very good appointment to the role. So let's hope they're right. And uh, and he steps in and, uh, and starts up the work uh, with the National Skills Commission. And the other important piece of news in relation to the Joyce Review reforms was the announcement back at the end of August of a panel to oversee the implementation of all of Joyce's recommendations. Uh, the panel is chaired by Mr Stephen Joyce himself and there's two other members, Professor Peter Noonan and Dr Vanessa Guthrie. And those names are important because it turns out they're also the people who are going to be who are going to be doing this new review of ASQA, which was announced uh, last week and is scheduled to take 12 to 18 months. And I'm going to quote here, the focus is going to be on, quote, a suite of measures to improve regulation of Australia's vet sector. And the media release that the minister issued went on, and I'm just going to paraphrase, to say it would be focused on expanding ASQA's educative role improving ASQA's regulatory approach, ensuring audit decisions are transparent and providers have the right information and support to deliver best practice training, and ensuring the national regulator has the data and feedback it needs to identify and remove poor quality providers. Uh, the media release also said uh, that to make all of that happen, the government would be investing uh, just over $18 million. Now, the money for that wasn't in this year's budget, I'm pretty sure, so I assume it's going to be included in the upcoming mid-year economic um, forecast, uh, the MyEFO. Uh, so that's good, some, some additional uh, money to put in place those measures and they draw on both the Joyce Review and recommendations of the earlier Braithwaite Review. So 
you might think, well, we've had a couple of reviews looking at Asker and do we really need another one? And I would say, well, no, we don't. Um, and I'm actually, despite the language used in the media release, this doesn't seem like it is actually a review. Uh, I'm not sure if you're a reader of Campus Morning Mail, but Stephen Matchett had the details that apparently that panel that I talked about earlier, Joyce Noonan and Guthrie, they're the ones who are going to be doing this work to make sure, you know, the regulators got the data and it's got transparent audit decisions and improving its regulatory approach. So that's not so much a review, rather it's more about making sure that the recommendations that Braithwaite and Joyce suggested are actually implemented, uh, and most of them will need to be done by ASQA, but I guess some will be done by uh, other parts of government and maybe some of the data sits with, with the NCVR. So I guess that wouldn't quite sound so exciting in a media release, uh, but, I, but I think that's the nub of it. Um, and it did strike me, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but it did strike me that it was unusual to have a media release out announcing this big review that probably isn't it's the panel doing its work and it's good work and, and needs to be done but the media release with the new money uh, came out on the same day that some data analysis was published showing a decline of approximately 50,000 students accessing vet loans for diploma and advanced diploma studies between 2013 uh, before the vet fee help scheme got abused uh, and last year in the vet student loan scheme uh, and the analysis also showed a number of other problems evident in the design of the VET student loan scheme. So I can't tell if the media release announcing the review of ASQA uh, was intended to divert anyone's attention uh, or not. Um, it doesn't seem like a review, it just seems like good work that should be done and I certainly um, applaud it happening. And before I go on to outline what's in the Victorian review, I should explain that in addition to the panel overseeing implementation of Joyce's reforms, there's also what's called a VET Stakeholder Committee, which is going to meet, oh gosh, they're good people, every month until June 2023. And they're going to help co-design the implementation of Joyce's reforms. Now, there are some very good people on that committee, and I'm sure their insights uh, will be very useful. <clears throat> but let's be real. The panel and Commonwealth State and Territory Ministers are the people who have the power in terms of deciding what to do and how to go about it uh, in terms of implementing the Joyce Review recommendations. And while I'm sure that you know, ministers and the panel will welcome the feedback from the committee and um, will act on it. I'm not quite sure that's the same as co-design. Anyway, uh, a couple more uh, points about the membership um, of the committee. While there are, as I've said, some very good people on it, um, I don't see anyone there representing teachers. I don't see anyone there representing students nor anyone from the unions among the membership and I think they all have a legitimate role to play in the VET system and would have, particularly the teachers, real insights to provide in some elements of 
uh, co-designing uh, the Joyce Review recommendations. I thought it was also quite disappointing, given a good uh, chunk, if that's a technical term, uh, of Joyce's recommendations focused on specifically on Indigenous learners and meeting their needs in the VET sector, as well as others um, with lower levels of language, literacy, numeracy um, and other uh, underrepresented groups. Um, it seems to me when you look at the photo uh, that every person in the group appears to have a white or Anglo background. There don't appear to be uh, any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander representatives in the group or anyone from a culturally diverse background. And I think that's really unfortunate in 2019 in co-designing a VET system for the future. Anyway, having shared all that, now on to Victoria, which is having an actual review. And in this instance, I think it's actually a shame that they're doing it. Um, it's only four years after they uh, started to implement a whole sweeping set of changes to their VET system and it's less than a year since they commenced with their free TAFE reforms, free places at TAFE. So why am I being curmudgeonly on this? Why do I think it's a shame? Well, because it just adds further instability into the system and that's a system which some of you will have heard me uh, say or read, I have read uh, me um, making this point before, um, this is a system that's been bedeviled by change over the last two decades. Uh, if you have a look in the VET Knowledge Bank that the NCVR collates, we've had almost 470, 470, VET reforms, new policies, new programs, big new initiatives in 21 years, which is the equivalent of a new reform or a major policy change every fortnight, every year, for more than 20 years. And now we're going to do that again, at least in Victoria. The Victorian VET Review will be chaired by the former Federal Labor Minister, Jenny Macklin, who uh, I haven't met, but uh, everybody tells me, and certainly what I've seen, is that she has an ex excellent uh, understanding of social policy issues and of government policy making. So, you know, I'm sure she'll do a very good job. Um, the areas of focus that the review will, will look at um, also make sense. And again, I'm just going to paraphrase these. They're things like... What are the education and training needs for jobs in Victoria over the next decade? What reforms are needed to meet the skills and capability needs of industry, employers, community, etc. over the next decade? What reforms are needed to build investment in skills and workforce development? What reforms are needed to improve access to both higher ed and VET, uh, whether that's a student uh, going initially into the workforce or people later in life looking to upskill or reskill. What reforms are needed to ensure we've got high quality teaching and VET courses uh, that are producing job ready graduates? What reforms are needed to improve pathways uh, between TAFE and other VET providers, the ACE sector, universities, etc.? And what reforms are needed to improve the funding arrangements for Victoria's VET sector? 
If you're interested, there is a discussion paper that they intend to release in February next year, and I'll put the uh, link to that in the show notes for this episode. Uh, So far, I've only seen public statements of support for this review from the TAFE sector, Uh, it seems to me, unless I've missed a whole lot of media releases coming out. uh, Everyone else seems to have been very quiet, and I'm going to hazard a guess and say at least some of that uh, relative silence is because they're not convinced this review is needed and they don't want to cause offence. You can probably hear... Uh, in the tone of my voice that it's fairly flat uh, and that's because it reflects my feelings about this announcement. I think it's bad news. Uh, Not because governments shouldn't make amendments to their policies if or when those policies aren't working and you can only assume that that's why Victoria has commissioned this review because things aren't working in the way they've currently got them set up. Uh, The thing that Uh, really has disappointed me is the timing of this review. It's a 12-month period and what that means in practice will be further delays uh, in terms of Victoria fully engaging with and fully participating in the discussions around the Joyce Review recommendations, particularly on the need for a more national approach to vet funding and vet policy settings. And I think that does the sector as a whole a disservice. Uh, Victoria has a lot to offer and their public servants being involved fully in the discussions with the Commonwealth and with the other states I think would be much more helpful uh, rather than, I guess, them taking 12 months to step to one side, do some further thinking only recently having done it, let's be frank, uh, and then potentially coming back and potentially cooperating afterwards. And so that's unhelpful at a policy level. I think um, equally importantly, the review is also disappointing in terms of what it means in practice. It adds further uncertainty um, in terms of people's perceptions of the vet sector and potentially further undermines confidence in the vet sector in Victoria, which makes life really difficult for students, for teachers, for employers and obviously for uh, providers. So I am sorry that this podcast is coming to an end on a depressing note, uh, but as I look across the sector and look at um, the state of play in Victoria, I think that that's where we're at. As always, though, I very much welcome your ideas and thoughts. If you think I've got some of these insights on vet reform wrong, if you're particularly positive about the Victorian Review, if you've got insights into what's happening with this ASQA review that might not really be a review, uh, just some focus, um, then please do get in touch. You'll find me on Twitter. That's at Seafield and Associates. I'm on LinkedIn and you can also find Clearfield and Associates on Facebook. Don't forget to take the time to quickly rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. It does apparently help people find the show and if you have some feedback it tells me what you want more of. If you subscribe to the show in your podcast feed obviously it will automatically load the next episode as soon as I've got that one available for you. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of What Now, What Next? 
insights into Australia's tertiary education sector.